Hello, hello, Miami Dolphins fans, NFL fans, and fans of whatever Mason, whatever sport you like. But thanks for stopping by. My name is Tyler Moss. I'm the host of the New Beginnings podcast. Back with another episode. It's been close to probably a couple weeks or so since uh, since I got on here last, and um, there just wasn't really much to talk about. And uh, I was going to wait until after the trade deadline, at least, to get back on because. You know, Miami has, has lost the last couple of games. They've fall, fallen to 1-7, and seven, the latest loss being to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, at the moment, it is Friday. And looking ahead to Sunday's game against the Houston Texans, where the Dolphins will certainly have a chance to put a, a win on the board um, uh, against a, a struggling Texans team. It looks like Tyrod Taylor is going to be playing at quarterback for them. Uh, back from the injury, so certainly going to be a boost for them as far as their play. Uh, David Mills will go back to the bench, and uh, the Dolphins will not get to face him. Uh, they'll, they'll face a much, a much more capable quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, and, and uh, even with him, it's still a team that is not very good this year, and one that uh, many knew were going to be one of the bottom in the NFL um, against this Dolphins team, which uh, at least... Uh, I'm sure not only many of the fan base, but uh, a lot of uh, a lot of media personnel and experts around the league uh, had this team picked for a pretty decent season. And so, starting off one and seven, not where you want to be. Uh, we've we've talked through some of the issues and some of the problems, and it doesn't seem like any of them are getting fixed. Um, you know, after uh, after the loss to the Falcons. Uh, in a game where Miami loses by two points, that last-second field goal, uh, where they go down and get you know get get the score that they needed to go up in the game with Tua and Tua played a, a pretty good game uh, in all intensive purposes against uh, against Atlanta, um, kind of completing a two-game stretch, first against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, then against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, where Tua comes out and plays a pretty good game. Uh, but at the same time, it's not enough, and the, the defense has certainly fallen short in, in a couple of those games. Um, fall, they've fallen far from from the defense that we knew last year. That was a top five defense in the league. Uh, now playing, you know, in the bottom two in, in many categories uh, when it comes to the defense, and so they just weren't able to come away and, and, and get themselves a stop there and, and keep the Falcons from going down. They weren't able to stop Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts just ran all over them, beating Xavier Howard and, and just about every other defender at one point uh, during that game. And, you know, the, the Dolphins, they've, they've been a defense that uh, has, has been able to have good players doing good things at times. But when you are not able to really key in on the other team's main weapon, uh, especially if that main weapon becomes somebody else during the game because you've taken away their star player, possibly, uh, you're just not able to adjust. And so no matter who you're able to kind of contain or stop, uh, these other teams have been able to, to pick on other players and, and target other players either, either over the middle of the field taking advantage of the kind of lackluster pass, pass coverage uh, in the linebacking position that we've seen this year, uh, or, or taking shots deep and, and beating either some of the safeties at times or even some of the corners, and especially some of these corners that Miami has paid high dollars to. This is supposed to be one of the better cornerback tandems in the league. Um, and with, with the play that Javon Holland has shown this year, you know, this is a secondary that, that should be in a lot better position than it is. And I, I 
I'm not 100% sure if some of that is just some of the schemes, if some of that is uh, mismanagement as far as which players they're putting in at certain times. We've seen a lot of McCourty in the games. Um, I've already made my feelings on Justin Coleman very well known. Uh, but at the same time, Nick Needham uh, definitely got picked on a little bit recently, and even Xavier Howard. So uh, nobody's really been safe from the bad play and from the bad positioning, uh, whether, again, it be from the players actually not executing or the, the schemes that, that are being called for the defense that just aren't uh, the right ones to put these players in the good positions. So it, it's, it's kind of tough to know which one. It can be a little bit of both. And I think that kind of transfers over to the offense as well to where we're seeing a combination of our defensive and offensive coordinators uh, not really coming up with great schemes, great plays. Uh, and and I, I just don't think the game plans are, are conducive to a team uh, that, you know, coming off of 10 wins last year and, and showing promise as being a much better team and a possible playoff contender, um, those, those coordinators are not calling these games like you see the games called for the the Aaron Rodgers and and, and uh, the Patrick Mahomes and these other schemes across the league from these top-tier teams. And part of that uh, will, will come back down on the quarterback position, and that's what I'm going to talk about for right now, and that's Tua Tungabailoa. Um, you come out and you see him have a couple of pretty good games, uh, but then we go into this game against the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins' defense actually shows up. They they look like the defense of old, at least uh, for the first half, I would say. Uh, put a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. Um, you know, they, they, they were really able to to generate a lot of pressure at the beginning of the game. Um, the coverage was, was excellent. They were able to get the Bills off the field and get the ball back over to the offense. Uh, even generating turnovers to do so. But the offense would come out, and immediately after a turnover, they're going to throw a turnover of their own. And it's just been one mistake after the other, uh, whether it be from the costly turnovers to the uh, bad penalties that have come about, and, and uh, a lot being from the offensive line uh, that, that have just killed drives and, and really kept this team from putting points on the board that are desperately needed because they... Uh, the, the team doesn't generate points like a lot of these um, star-powered offenses across the league. They, they really do still lean on that defense, but the problem is, is is the offense just has not been able to put points on the board in the moments where they need to, um, and the defense has not been able to, to get those stops when they need to. Um, they'll come out and they'll put points on the board at the beginning of the game. Uh, and, and inevitably through the second and third quarters, they're going to get down and they're going to have to play catch up in the fourth quarter. Or you get into these tight battles where you're going back and forth and you open yourself up for a team to go down and kick a game winning field goal. Um, we've seen that a couple of times in the last, you know, in the last few weeks. So uh, it's, it's a combination of, of multiple different things that are just not working for this team right now. Um, and going back to Tua Tungavailoa, um, it was nice to see him have those couple of games. But to have those couple of games and him put up the yards and the touchdowns that he did and, and some of the play that we saw, uh, to see those games still result in losses, you, you still have to take a deep dive into some of the things that we're seeing. 
because if you're getting good play out of your quarterback and he's truly commanding the game and 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 dictating the flow of the game because he's either you know really feeling it that day and he's just you know on fire and hitting everything that he throws or because he's that type of quarterback uh like the Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes that that uh, demand control of the game because of their presence and because of what they can do uh and that's not where Tua Tagovailoa is so he does have to have those kind of games where he has to come out and he has to take command of the game through his play uh, because he has not earned that respect or that that uh, high caliber status in the NFL. Um, and so to his credit, he did come out and, and play very well at times, but it has not been consistent enough and uh, the mistakes have come uh, in very costly moments for the team that kind of do put a little bit of an asterisk next uh, next to those stats that he put up in these games because uh, there's just a lot of things that we're still seeing from him that uh, you don't see out of these other big-name quarterbacks. Uh, some of that can be due to many calling this technically his uh, rookie season, um, to which I, I don't have an issue with that, but I do think that by the end of this year, if we don't see him consistently put up uh, these kinds of numbers that we saw from the Atlanta game, he doesn't have to throw for four touchdowns a game, but he does need to put up multiple multi-touchdown games uh, with good yardage to go behind it. And, you know, if if you still lose some games and he's still doing that, but the uh, the costly turnovers, uh, you know, are, are, are at least um, uh, brought under control. And we see a lot of, you know, good decisions from him. Um, then there's a possibility that we can look towards some positives for next year. And the possibility that he may still be the starting quarterback uh, come next year's season. Um, but honestly, fair or not, uh, he's going to have to show that kind of caliber play. Because um, we'll talk about the options. Obviously, Deshaun Watson uh, was not brought onto this team before the trade deadline. Uh, a lot of the news has come out about the the talks that they were in and more details about that and the fact that uh, the owner, Stephen Ross, actually uh, requested and was granted uh, permission to call and speak to Deshaun Watson as well. So knowing that they were as close as they were to the trade at the time, um, uh, other than some just, you know, my, uh, little little things that they were not able to get worked out as far as his uh, his legal battle is concerned, and, and everything surrounding that, um, but you know the way that they the way that they have spoke about the situation, the way that uh, you see at the end with Stephen Ross actually contacting him, that that is something that I would be shocked if it wasn't re you know at least reexamined or 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 relooked at uh, during the off season. It's something that they'll try to come back to, and there's a possibility, and and I kind of see this as more of a possibility of the Texans raising the price for Deshaun Watson because they know that he doesn't want to play for the team and they know that any just about the majority of the teams around the league um, could use a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and obviously I'll, I'll preface all of this by saying this is with the legal battles and in his situation getting figured out in the meantime um, because that that's certainly going to be something that's looming over the situation and uh, certainly, I do hope that 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 justice, in whichever way it can be found in that situation, is found, and hopefully all parties are, are able to come away with that, and the the uh, 
um, the alleged victims um, that that have come forward are able to find some sort of peace in that because that is that is truly what's most important as far as a human standpoint. Um, I, I'm only speaking more on the side of football, so I don't want to seem disingenuous uh, with that situation. Um, so I, I do I do want to say that, but as as far as at least the the NFL side of things are concerned, and that's that's basically all I can really speak on. Um, He's a quarterback that's going to be looked at by a lot of teams, and, and rightfully so, as far as his age and, and talent are cons- you know concerned, because he's been a top five quarterback as far as a lot of his numbers uh, since he's been in the league. But two is not only going to have that to contend with. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been very open about the situation in, in Green Bay and about his unhappiness with his situation there. And, and basically, they, they got a deal done to where most likely after this year, unless they can um, try to get a better relationship there, uh, he's going to be gone. And um, we've all heard the news about the, uh, about, the ish, uh, about the situation with his vaccination status and... Um, and everything surrounding that that's been in the news here recently, the last couple of days or so, and uh, I, I, I don't really I don't really know what what to really say about that. All the information's out there, you know. Uh, so so that's certainly a situation that's that's going to be uh, looked at really closely going forward, as far as what investigation may go into that um, and any kind of punishment that may be there for for anyone involved. I don't know. Um, so that's just kind of a wait and see on that. So I'll speak as if. Rodgers will just be a, a free agent this offseason, and, and you know nothing else will be lingering from that. Um, but you know, keeping that in mind, uh, yeah, Rodgers, there's a possibility that he could be playing for a new team next year. And uh, I mean, if you're the Miami Dolphins and you look at, you know, you're going to be looking at some free agents you can bring in over the offseason to kind of strengthen some of these weak spots we're seeing this year. Uh, you're able to go into the draft, and I mean, we, we haven't had much uh, much success in the draft recently. It doesn't seem like, <laughs> but but you know, you always go into the draft with the hopes of uh, bettering your team and, and finding big impact type of players. Um, so if you're able to do those couple of things and, and find yourself a, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers to come in for, I mean, who knows how long? You sign him for a couple of years? Who knows? Um, but he's certainly the kind of player, just from his knowledge of the game and, and the type of star that he is with his physical abilities, um, he's the kind that immediately, uh, regardless of what team uh, the t- that type of quarterback goes to, uh, he makes them a far better team and a, a team that cannot be taken lightly. So he honestly, I mean, if I had to have complete transparency with everybody, that, that would be my ideal situation um what that would mean for Tua I don't I don't know I don't know if they would try to trade him at that point and maybe keep Rodgers until they can um find the next one in the draft or um, none of it may happen you know there's a there's a, obviously a chance that that Tua Tungavailoa is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins uh, in the 2022 season so uh, but just speaking on hypotheticals, though, that would be one of my ideal situations because I think that if you truly do feel like you're in a win-now mode and the fact that the Dolphins didn't uh, have any transactions whatsoever before the trade deadline uh, and the fact that the coach has come out, Coach Flores has come out and said that he likes his team, he believes that 
They're, they have good quality young players and a, and a good quality team that can win, then I, I think the team is, is getting to a point where they feel like they're in almost in a win-now mode. But the problem is is that they need, uh, they need a couple of star players. They need to fill a couple of these holes that uh, have just been weak spots on the team and have kept them from, from really playing to their full potential. And, and bluntly, uh, to put it frankly, the, the the quarterback position has been one of those weak spots um, because to, you know Tua had a couple of good games, but this game against Buffalo, which I'll get into in a second, um, it was not a good game, and he's had quite a few not good games and quite a few really really bad turnovers in the end zone in the red zone, uh, right after the offense gets the ball off of a turnover, uh, and then you just give it right back to them. And it's it's been it's been extremely costly. I mean, it's even you know you can look at four touchdowns, you can look at so many yards, but if you look at a, a timely uh, interception thrown uh, in a moment where you know you can take command of the game or where the game may be on the line, that's those are things that lose you games regardless of of how you played before that. So it's just something that your quarterback cannot do, especially if you want him to be your franchise quarterback. That's going to um, try to take you to the to the highest peak that you can get to, and that that you know that is a Super Bowl. That is what the overall goal is for every team. Um, and the way that we've watched this team get built over the last couple of years, uh, they've we we've heard it around the media with the rebuild going from tanking to the rebuild uh, to ten wins. So we've seen the climb since this regime has been put in place, but we've seen them have a kind of a fall on their face moment this year and they've lost some close games they've lost some tough games and they've lost some games that frankly they just played bad against teams that they were better than and should have won the game um i i wouldn't put that in the category of this last week against buffalo they're certainly the better team right now there's no arguing that uh and you know i mean we all knew that because I mean that that's that's just it is if you want to if you want to win the East you have to go through the Bills so we all knew beforehand that they were gonna, a great team and we saw that when uh, the Dolphins got blown out thirty five to nothing against them in Week Two uh, but in this game uh, they came out and for the first half I was really encouraged by what I was seeing the defense uh, looked like a high caliber defense and a lot of the a lot of the things that we saw last year were, were flashing uh, right before our eyes. And so it was nice to see that and feel like the defense was kind of getting back to uh, the identity that we thought that they had. Uh, the offense for the first half was very stagnant. There was, you know, I, there was there was not many points to be had whatsoever. Um, this Bills defense is very solid, but uh, they, you know, whenever you see Tua play like he did the last couple of weeks before that, uh, and you get some excitement saying this is the kind of play that we need to see, then. When you play your division rival, uh, then you have to go out and play uh, like that. You you can't you can't have these games where you're playing your division rival and you can't even put up touchdowns and and, and generate uh, significant yards and drives to go down the field. Um, that's not that's not what you can see. You can you can have those games every once in a while, but against your division opponent, uh, you have to have more fire. You have to come out with with a little bit more. Um, if you want to win those games, and that's something that I think has been really lacking from this team this year, has it, been a little bit of uh, a little bit of fire, a little bit of try, and I, I'm sure that they're trying, and I don't I don't mean that uh, as this you know the 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 uh, 
chair quarterback, you know, the whatever they call the, the Monday armchair quarterback type of mentality because, of course, they're out there trying hard and we've got some high-level, really good players on this team. Um, but w- what I have been seeing is whenever we're playing other teams and when they're able to generate these big plays and the big moments and these things, you see these teams, they're, they're, they're getting fired up. These guys have a lot of energy and they're bringing it to the game and I don't feel like I'm seeing the same kind of energy from this team. Uh, part of that could be just because they're in a little bit of a lull with the uh, with the losses and the the tough situation that they're in at this point in the year with their record. Um, but you know, you see guys like Mike Gusecki, uh in this Buffalo game, and I, I'm going to say it right now: they need they need to sign Mike Gusecki to an extension right now, right now. They they don't they shouldn't wait. There should be no waiting to sign this player. Um, when you saw the the energy and the passion that he put into that game and, and the frustration that was just shown for everyone to see that was watching the game. I saw it all throughout the game, uh, whether it be from his high energy that, that he would show after the big plays that he made or the frustration that we're seeing uh, after plays or during plays when the team can't get lined up correctly. Uh, it's glaring. It's glaring that he's somebody who wants to win on this team, that he is somebody who cares uh about this team having success. And that's, that's the kind of guy that you want on this team. Yeah, I, I think that he is a leader on the offense. Um, I think he is a, one of the more charismatic and outspoken guys on the team. And he, he brings the right mentality. He, he brings a lot of swagger and he brings a lot of uh, winning mentality and the will to win uh, to this team. And so I, I truly hope that Mike Gusecki uh, is signed to an extension soon. I think that that I think that there, there's no way that they can let somebody like this uh, slip away from the team. I think that it would be a detriment to the team to, to let that happen. Uh, because after that, you look at Adam Shaheen, you look at Durham Smythe, and even Hunter Long, who has been on and off the field, not used very much, and hardly seen. He's been a healthy scratch, I believe, in, in a game or two lately. So with all of that, I mean, you can't, you can't bank on your third round tight end who can't get on the field that you've got a lot of promise for, uh, but we're just not seeing anything on the field to indicate that he can be the future. So, I mean, you've got the future there. We all know what kind of player Mike Gusecki is, and he's he's a potential top five kind of tight end in this league. Uh, and, in, and in today's NFL, you need those kind of guys. Uh, all, of the, all of the high caliber uh, offenses around the league if you look there, you see a high-caliber uh, tight end right there beside them. And uh, some of the teams, even like uh, uh, San Francisco or, or uh, the Raiders, where you see Darren Waller and George Kittle, uh, those guys, they're, they're not on, on an offense like uh, Travis Kelsey is with, with Kansas City. But at the same time, those guys make their offenses look so much better. And I think that's what, what Mike, Mike brings to this team. But going a little bit more in-depth on that Buffalo game uh, with, with the team and their struggles, not being able to get lined up, having to take timeouts and penalties because you can't get lined up, causing a fumble with Mike Gusecki crossing over in front of Tua whenever the ball is snapped and it hits him. I, this is These are incredible things. And that happened after uh, Mike Gusecki shows frustration with the team not knowing where to be lined up after taking an incredible amount of time. Uh, to get up to the line after after being in the huddle. So I don't, I don't not really sure what has happened with that. That is a failure by 
the quarterback and by the coaching staff. I'd probably say the coaching staff first, uh, but certainly the quarterback getting everybody in a timely manner up there uh, is part of that as well. But that was that was kind of the story of the game. For that throughout the entire game, the defense did their job early. The offense just couldn't even get lined up correctly, couldn't get anything going, um, and you know, costly turnovers again. Uh, led to the Buffalo Bills eventually, you know, finding themselves in the second half and being able to generate points as great teams are going to do, even when they're playing against great defenses. They're going to find a way. They're going to find a way to get points. And that's why if you want to beat those high caliber teams, you have to put up the points. That is the only way to do it. Your defense can be outstanding. And every once in a while, your defense is going to hold those great teams to very low scoring. um, And that will happen. But as we see in these primetime games and these big games with these Uh, juggernaut teams matching up against each other, even if their defenses are pretty good, they're going to put up points. That's exactly what they're going to do because that's what great teams do. And it leads to those great games and those great moments and those situations. Um, And so it it was really the offense really letting us down in this game. I I know that the defense uh, couldn't seem to guard Cole uh, Cole Beasley to save their life, and it it made me want to tear my hair out. I'm not gonna lie. Watching Cole Beasley run all over the Dolphins is just something that makes me want to throw up. Um, just as much as seeing Josh Allen have another good game and another win against this Dolphins team. So it's it's nauseating to see the Buffalo Bills become the team that they are and find the success that they have, and watch the Dolphins promise of a better future and a, 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 a better situation and a better chance to compete in this league with Tom Brady gone and to see the Bills come up and, and take a stranglehold of the division and look like a high caliber team in the AFC and they're not going to go anywhere. So to see it, it's tough. It's very tough. It's, it's hard. It's hard after 20 years of being a fan to see absolutely nothing but loss um, to playoffs with no playoff wins and a million quarterbacks in between. There's been a lot of exciting moments, a lot of exciting games. Uh, There's been some pretty high ups and high downs throughout all of that. Uh, Many different coaches coming through, coordinators coming through. There's, There's been no stability that has been able to be generated by this team. And a lot of that started through the inability to find a quality head coach where you would bring in Joe Philbin, you would bring in Adam Gase, you would bring in these guys and they would inherit either a bad situation or a a decent situation from the regime before um, where they would be able to, you know, come in and get some players and have some success for one season. Well, they bank on that one season and going forward after that, they think that's the new norm without really putting the effort required into taking the game, their, their team and their play up to the next level uh, to where they just kind of fall in a lull after that and have a couple of bad seasons, and then they'll just move on to the next coach. Um, the years of just plain mediocrity have just been laughable to where you see that 8-8 eight and eight or, or right around there caliber of team for years, so many years. Uh, and then you may have one year where it's kind of an outlier and you'll jump up and uh, you're like, oh, wow, you know, they're they're a... Uh, they're, you know, they're a, a team that's over 500 this year. They're right there on the cusp of the playoffs. And they'll lose, you know, all you have to do is win one game out of the last two, and you lose both of them. And that's, that's, the, that's just been the story. That's been the story of the last 20 years, is even whenever you do find success, you fall flat on your face when it matters the most. 
and um, you come off of a year where you do good and you fall flat on your face and start one and seven or um, even, you know, just as bad or worse in some of the instances of the past where we would have a good season and then a terrible one to follow. Um, and it, it's it's difficult because whenever we look at not only this year, but in the years past, you can basically throw a dart up on a board on where to put the blame. It started. It's been everything from head coaching to coordinators to quarterback play uh, to just not ha- having a very talented team to having a talented team but having weak spots on that talented team to uh, that you know where where the coaching staff does not do a good job of filling those holes, uh, looking at different options or trying to fix it. Instead, they just run them out there saying, "Well, you know, this is the player that we've got there, and we believe in them in that spot." But then continuing to watch them struggle week after week after week and do nothing about it. Um, it's, it's, it's just been that's 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 been it. That's been the gist of the story and the the gist of of my experience over the last twenty years. And uh, we're not seeing much different right now. I'd like to think we are. I'd like to think that I can have faith in Coach Flores because a lot of the things that he says, his confidence in the team and and the confidence in, in his players and in what he conveys to all of us as far as what they're trying to do, um, it makes sense. You know, I mean, he's, he's said multiple times throughout his interviews this year uh, that they just haven't had the execution. And I do believe that I do believe that execution has been a huge issue for these this team on offense and defense uh, but I do think that one of the weakest one of the weakest parts of uh, coach Flores's uh, ability to run this team lies with his ability to bring in offense and defensive coordinators and it's been talked about by multiple different people I've, I've talked about it even myself but um it's certainly becoming an issue and it's one that needs to be addressed right now because I, I think that um, the the Dolphins losing their defensive coordinator was, was a huge blow and I don't think that they've been able to recover from that and I think that the uh, coordinator that's been brought in has not has not really been giving us the same kind of uh, schemes and play or at least not adapted uh, to the situations during the game to to really try and help this team uh offensive coordinator wise i mean two has had a couple of good games the last few weeks that we've talked about already and the team has shown a decent amount more of you know promise as far as far as offensively uh, but at the same time you know the the offensive schemes have still been terrible it's been, they've been awful I, I i a lot of the stuff has been the same crap it's been the same crap that's been thrown out uh, in our face week after week after week. We don't see them adjust. We don't see them adjust to what the other team's defenses are showing them. Um, they just call their play and they go run it regardless of what's going to happen. They say, hey, we're just going to do it. You know, it's what it feels like anyway. And the jokes were made even by myself earlier on in the season that, yeah, this this <laughs> this offensive coordinator and then the scheme that we're seeing, I mean, heck, we might as well bring back Chan Gailey if this is, <laughs> if this is the kind of stuff that we're going to see. Um... So offensive and defensive coordinator-wise, we've seen a drop-off, frankly, in in the uh, production that we've seen from the team, and, and that reflects directly on the coordinators, in my opinion, and as an extent, the head coach as well. So it's it's hard to know what to do. They're going to talk about Flores being on the hot seat. I don't think that's going to happen. I think um, I, I, th- I think they're going to have next year with Flores, and I think if if 
if we see the team fall flat on its face next year and um, they're going to have to, they're setting themselves up to be in a position next year where they're going to have to make the playoffs if Flores wants to keep his job because of how the season is currently going. Um, And that's why I see them being more aggressive looking at the likes of Aaron Rodgers and possibly some other vets around the league that they can bring in to help this team. Uh, with he's, he's spoke a lot about the young talent on this team and the young players and their learning, and, and uh, that's been a big focal point uh, from the preaching of Brian Flores has been this team is young, uh, it's got a lot of potential, and I think that's, a, that's what they've done is they've, they've, they've built that young core, um, they've built more on that young core without bringing in a whole lot of uh, veteran presence. Um, but they, they've set themselves up to a point to where uh, if they're going if they're going to truly believe that they're at the end of the rebuild and maybe that they're just struggling this year as a result of a lot of young talent and, and just mistakes being made and, and poor play at key positions like quarterback. Uh, but if, they, if they're going to lean on that, the next year is going to be the year where you target some of those vets, spend that money, um, and, and bring those guys in to play alongside your young talent. And one of the positions that that would seem to be needing most is at quarterback. Um, I, I'm really curious to see what, what they do this offseason. And I'm, I'm, I'm also curious to see how the season finishes as well. I mean, being at 1-7, and seven, the best you can finish now with the extra game is going to be 10-7, uh, and seven, which... Hey, hypothetically, you can finish the season with ten wins, but <laughs> when you're when you're one and seven, uh, banking on something like that happen is just not not realistic. Um, but I would like to see them play well in the games where they need to play well, and I would like to see them compete in the games against the teams where they're not supposed to win, not favored to win. Um, but yeah, you play you play the Texans this week. That should be a winnable game, like I said. Uh, even with Tyrod Taylor, you go into the week after that, and you play Thursday night against. Uh, the uh, the Ravens, and that's going to be a pride game. It's going to be an absolute pride game right there. Even if you do beat the Texans and you're at two and seven, uh, you're playing a high caliber, uh, Super Bowl caliber type of team uh, in the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, a you know a, a true MVP caliber player of the league. And when they've played against those type of players, we just saw it against Josh Allen. We've seen it against Josh Allen twice this year. Uh, we saw it against Patrick Mahomes last year, that whenever this team has, has played those elite players, they have fallen short, and they have not been able to overcome the difference of a team having that kind of player. And that, that's, that's what makes the difference. Um, so it's going to be a game for pride, though. The, the Ravens have basically owned the Dolphins uh, since the early 2000s. And maybe even before, but at least as far as my memory over the last 20 years, they have always owned the Dolphins. They've, they've made sure that they haven't been able to uh, make the playoffs. They have beaten them when they've gotten into the playoffs uh, and, and embarrassed them throughout many uh, primetime games throughout the years that I have had the privilege of setting and watching. So with this kind of game hey you're you're going to root for the win because this is a team that has has put you down um for a very long time and so this is a t- this is one of the, these this is, these are one of those games that hey if you win the game is it going to make your draft status a little worse absolutely but it's just like whenever the Miami Dolphins would beat the Patriots uh, uh in Miami at the end of every year did it did it always hurt their draft status a little bit yeah but it's one of those games that it's it's for pride. It's 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 one of those ones that you have the bragging rights on, and you need to go out 
and and really show up against those teams like that because that's that's really what can build that kind of winning culture when you're ever when, whenever you're able to go out and win those games that you're not supposed to win. Um, and it's something that could be very beneficial for the young players on this team uh, to be able to win those kind of games as well. But looking more into the Texans game right here, I'm going to look to see if uh, Miles Gaskin can have himself a game because this is a game where Miles Gaskin should be able to blow it up. He should be able to have, uh, I won't say like a career game, but I'll say that, you know, certainly his best game of the season um, and should have the opportunity to put up some some big points, not only through the air, but on the ground. And uh, I think that's what this team needs to do. They need to lean on a player like Miles Gaskin. They need to stop using Malcolm Brown uh, on first downs and, and, you know, keep Malcolm Brown for the maybe the short yardage situation. I can get behind that. Um, but as far as having somebody out on the field, you got to have your best playmakers out there. And Miles Gaskin is certainly one of those. I'm, I'm not going to hear any arguments as to why he is not the best running back on the team and should not be used in, you know, two, two or three downs every time. Um, I, I would, I would love to see him as a three down back because he, he can run the ball just fine has a lot of good, big playmaking ability, but is so crucial through the air um, that I think he needs to be involved in all of it because we haven't seen anything from the other running backs. Savon, uh, Savon Ahmed can come in and have some big plays. He's a very good change of pace guy to bring in, but that's what he is. He's that backup to, to third guy that you you bring in and mix it up that has a lot of talent. Um, but honestly, I would rather see Miles Gaskin out there and bring in Savon Ahmed as the change of pace guy. I know neither one are as big and stout um, as uh, as Malcolm Brown, but watching him get you know one, two, or at the very max three yards every time he touches the ball um, has just been not what this team needs. They need they need to have big plays. They need to have uh, the potential for game breaking plays, and Malcolm Brown is just not going to give you that. Uh, but go, going over to the receivers, uh, Devontae Parker's been having himself a decent season whenever he's been in there. Um, <laughs> so you know the the team. There was rumors coming out that the team was possibly looking to shop Devontae Parker before the trade deadline. That didn't happen, and uh, uh, the uh, the actual opposite happened. Coach Flores came out and, and gave a lot of praise to Devontae Parker, and um, he has had pretty good play this year. Uh, he's, he's passed the eye test as far as his ability to still play at a high level, and so I think that is definitely there. Um, I don't think that him and Tua are very good together. I don't think they click together very well, and that's something that could be fixed with time to get a little bit more comfortable. Um, but honestly, he's just not, two is not really the style of quarterback that fits the same kind of play as Devontae Parker. Um, but that happens, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but if you have the quarterback, and they can they can play at a high level together still, um, we, you know, and we've seen a little bit of that. Uh, but, but I do expect Devontae Parker to be on this team next year, and uh, I, I expect him to probably be pretty involved in this game. Uh, a lot of people are, are kind of banking on Parker having the bigger game in this game, but I look to Will uh, or I look to Jalen Waddle uh, in this game to have a big game. I think honestly, if I had to make a prediction, I would say Jalen Waddle. Um, this could be his first, you know, hundred plus yard game in his career, um, or you know, big first big meaningful impactful game. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins, where you have that Devontae Parker, or not Devontae Parker, I'm sorry, Devontae Adams type of stat line where you've got the 
the maybe 10 or maybe a fewer, you know, a little bit fewer catches, but you've got the 160 yards and two touchdowns or something big, you know, those big games like that that you want to see from your star receivers. We've seen it from Jamar Chase uh, this year quite a few times with the Bengals um, and the way he's been able to click with Joe Burrow. Um, not having buyer's remorse uh, or regrets or anything about Jalen Waddle, I still really, really like the pick. I like him on this team. I don't think he's being utilized properly, uh, but he's certainly showing us that he has he has an incredible amount of talent and speed and, and ability as a receiver. Um, so very much still like him on the team, and I think he's got a uh, potential to have a very big week this week. Um, I think Mike Gusecki has also got a chance to be very involved. The The Texas defense is not very good. Um, I mean, Miami's has not been very good either, but... But when you're playing a team like the Texans and, and all the controversy and everything surrounding them, um, even with the, you know, the Deshaun Watson rumors, um, being involved with both of these teams. So it's kind of funny to see them playing each other right after the trade deadline. Uh, but um, uh, with, with, with everything they had going on last offseason, uh, you're, you're playing a team that, that you know, is one of the few that has more controversy and more uh, negativity surrounding it than you. So that's something that you can that you can use to your advantage in a way, at least mentally going into the game. Um, it, it can give you a bit of an advantage at least if you if you choose to uh, to think of it in those terms and I you know I doubt the team does and the players do. Um, but it's still something in the back of everybody's mind, whether it be for your team or the team that you're playing whenever you go into these games uh, because the, you know they're just like everybody else they're they're not immune to hearing a lot of the chatter, a lot of the talk and and especially whenever it blows up into a, a national type of story, then everybody involved is, is going to be asked the questions about it or, or something to that capacity. But it's 100% a game that the Miami Dolphins should be favored in, should win. Um, whether they will or not, who knows? I, I, can't, I can't really bank on this team winning anymore at the moment. Um, and if, if you go out and lose to a team like the Houston Texans, then you have to play uh, play the Ravens the next week. Then I mean, essentially, you're you're a bottom dwelling team, and it, even even if you already have been, you've lost a couple of close games. So you're at least at the point where you can say you're respectable enough to be in some games um, against different teams. But but if you if you go out and lose to the Texans this week, there there needs to be a hard look at the coordinator positions. Uh, and looking to make a change because if you if you go ahead and make a change midway through the season, which is something that teams you know shouldn't want or wouldn't like to do, uh, but if you're able to do that now and have some growing pains along the way, but try to instill that new system now, get a head start on it for next year, uh, then I, I would think that that would be something that the team would need to very much consider. Um, uh, I can't really decide which coordinator position I want them to do it more with though. Because I've, I've been pretty upset with what I've seen from the defense this year as I was really banking on them to be still the bright spot for this team even if they struggled. Uh, but that's not been the case. But uh, the offensive coordinator, coordinators, the duo, it, it has not worked out. And this whole thing with Charlie Fry, uh, the quarterback's coach, being involved and in relaying or calling plays at times, it's, it's been a joke. And this is something that you cannot have. You've got the Shanahan's of the world. You've got... Uh, these other offensive minds that are all over the league that that you know have are, are praised highly for their respectable offenses and what they bring, and you you 
you can't just go promoting people in-house and mixing them together and, and hoping you know great minds will come together and make things work because that's not how this league needs to be run and, or how the team needs to be run. They need to go out and they need to find a name. They need to find somebody that can come in and establish a uh, legitimate NFL offense that can generate points for this team. Um, so if, if, if we go out and flatline this game against the Texans and the offense looks stagnant, that's probably where I'm going to look first. Because uh, the defense did come out and play a decent game. I'd like to see how they come out and play this week um, f- from a coordinator and scheme standpoint. Uh, but the but offensively, I've, I've seen about enough. I really have. I, I so you, you, We can blame it on different players. We can blame it on the quarterback. But at the end of the day... It hasn't. It hasn't gotten done. And while all we've seen are short passes near the line of scrimmage, uh, no shots down the field, and mismanagement, in my opinion, as far as the use of a lot of these players and the playing time and the snaps that they're getting. Um, so that's nothing new. We've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that over the years. But we're in. We're in this position again. And we're, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about it. We're going to vent our frustrations. We're going to. Uh, drink whatever adult beverage helps you sleep a little better at night after watching this team play and move on to the next week. We'll see We'll see if we can come up with the answers together and we'll see if the team um, follows with any of the things that we talk about. And um, hopefully at least to some wins here. I'd like to see some wins as the season goes along. I'm not going to just say, you know, punt the year and, and look for the draft because you know what? The, the draft hasn't been friendly to us, or at least our picks haven't been very good. So we need to play to win. We need to try to generate some uh, some positivity and some some emotion uh, from these players, and and try to try to build that solid foundation that in in hopes that hey we can always look to next year, and that's been that's been what we've always done. But we all all we can do is hope that this this rebuild is not completely lost, and that. Um, they're able to kind of right the ship and get the things in place to, to build that foundation going forward to where we can see some better days ahead. Um, until then, I'm going to root like hell. I'm going to hope for the win this week and really get up and root for the win against the, uh, uh, against the Ravens. I can tell you that. I'm going to really hope, be hoping that the team can, can somehow pull that out or at least we can see a good showing because uh, the blowouts against these teams are, are starting to get old. That's something that you just can't see anymore. Um, if you want to consider yourself a, at least a decent team in this league. Um, but that's going to be it for today. Again, my name's Tyler Moss. Look look my Facebook up. Uh, you can look up the New Beginnings Podcast Facebook page as well. Feel free to go in there and like, uh, like the page, uh, post anything, post some questions, send me some messages of any questions that you might have that I can bring up on the show, uh, dive deep on if necessary, but always look forward to that. Um, but I'll look forward to coming back to you probably next week. I'll see if I can see if I can kind of get back up, get a little bit more uh, a little more pep in my step, and, and get a little bit more ma- uh, motion back into where this team is, and and uh, see if we can all get a little bit more excited together after this week. But again, hopefully, come back to you next week. This is the New Beginnings Podcast. Fins up, everybody. Keep your heads up, and let's go, Dolphins.